Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I are playing the cult Divinity Lost role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is The Black Madonna. It's available from Helmcast. I'm the Game Master, and this is episode 14. The recap will be given by Morgan Llewellyn as his character, Ingolf Eckhart. So, without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. It is a funny thing to delve into a nesting doll. Delving so deep into a dream that you find yourself thrown onto the shores of another. Perhaps Piotr's doll is merely a window into the answer to a question posed by the American writer Edgar Allan Poe. Is all that we see or seem but a dream within a dream? Time, too, is a strange thing. How easy it is to forget what was once so important. Easy to forget, too, how one's perspective changes with the years. The first layer of the nested dreams of, the, of Piotr's past was distorted from an adult point of view. Everything was warped as though it was through the mind of a frightened child. The asylum in Frankfurt under order reached by us through traveling in a dark car through a dark forest felt immense and oppressive, a twisting labyrinth of nightmare-choked corridors. Yet within this place there was a beacon, a soft piano playing, and Dr. Natalia Tatalina. She's much younger in Piotr's nested dreams. She recognized us, and we all became our adult selves within the framed reality of a child's world. Does she come to this hellish, hellish place in her dreams as well? She seemed to have some vague awareness of dreaming and of coming here, of having been here before. We also encountered Dr. Shaper here, though he tried to order, have some orderlies drag us away, but they could not overcome our powers within the dreams. One of these orderlies spent some time living as a frog in my pocket, and the other experienced what it is like to exist as a mannequin. Natalia tells us that Dr. Shaper had a white, more abusive approach to child development. But John led us through this place with the doll. We went up the stairs and found a room full of children drying. Their papers littered the floor. And altogether, the drawings made up a horrific visage, one of those avatars those ugly demons, one of whom touched me in the depths of that hell beneath Pagodin's estate. It stared back at me from those papers. It knows we were there. It was watching us. I scattered those papers, and we found among the children, Piotr. Oh, Piotr, as he must have been at the age when he went to the to Frankfurt under order, and John gave him the doll. The boy smiled as we plunged deeper, deeper into the next nested dream. This time, we were on the outskirts of refugee camp S-17. Once again, our dream powers allowed us to get past the first obstacle, being the sentinel at the gate. And we were quickly brought to the office of a one Colonel Nickton, who was flanked by two impish looking soldiers. We were led from there to what they referred to as the chicken coops, 
pits in the ground, teeming with feral children, screaming and biting one another, tearing at the wire. So little, yet so full of bitterness, hatred, and fear. And I have a terrible feeling we will soon discover and possibly experience what could have filled them so deeply with such things. Several of us actually slipped into those pits. In the ensuing chaos, the colonel and his two devils were gunned down, and I turned the sea of latrine flies into a sky of bursting lights to cover our movement into a barracks. There were other children there, though they were rather reticent and quiet, including Piotr. But very soon after our entrance, these children became terrified out of their minds. The terror directed at those of us that bear the mark of Jigidiel on our foreheads. I tried to make chocolates for them, but their terror could not be overcome. Piotr was given the doll, and we began to fall through a vast nothingness and past the gaze of that thing, that thing watching us from the papers. But before we could reach the next level of the dream, we woke up, though we may have just woken up into what may be just another dream with the only being, the difference being that we call this dream reality. There we went to an Orthodox church and asked the father there where we could find Bishop Ivan Jezenko, the lictor who had accosted us in Hamburg. The father directed us to St. John's church. There we met an elderly icon painter named Dmitry Nesterov. He was painting a Madonna that looked exactly like John. He said that he was the one who had made Piotr's doll and that he was also an old friend of Ivan Jezenko. This Nesterov was the one who had nursed Jezenko back to health after Jezenko was nearly beaten to death by Nikolai Kalenko and his associates. According to Nesterov, the three men behind the orphanage, Kalenko, Pagodin, and Garudin, disappeared after the siege of Leningrad was over. Though I have a feeling I know where they all went, given that one of them touched me after emerging from a corpse. Okay. So, um, I believe at this point you've all gathered yourselves back together. Um, remember, though, it's still fairly early in the day, is it not? Yes, I believe Would Dieter like... was going to put the word out and see if he could find anything through his contacts um, about <laughs> Gerudin. Yeah, I was, and... One of them would be sending a, a sweet letter to my wife, who I would not tell any of them. Well, ex-wife, should I say. Not telling anyone, I sent it to her. So, um, it would it, nothing comes back immediately to you, uh, Andre. Um, it would take a while expect. anyway. Yeah. I'm not expecting, expecting instant results. It could take days, but what do the rest of you? Is want there to any to? anywhere else, like public record, that I could seek information about Garudin, who he was, kind of, kind of in a benign level, you know, like any public record about him, that kind of thing? Well, I mean, this is a major city. So yes. there's going to be huge libraries and universities and, 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 and town halls and 
all those things will be here if that's what you want to look okay. into. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'll I'll seek that out. Okay. I'm doing something parallel to that. I'm looking for reference libraries, probably the, towards the more either academic or esoteric end of the scale. Okay. Places that have public access, though, so probably it's going to be a relatively small number. Right. Now, I don't know if some of you have uh, old academic connections, but those might be helpful if you wanted to get into some of the more secure areas. That is assuming you're willing to reveal that you're here and you're not actually those criminals that are <laughs> that escaped from Berlin somehow. Has there been any, any more word about us on the news in regards to that? It's dying down, but it keeps coming up on the news. You're, you're all considered fugitives. Mm -hmm. um, though there's no indication that they know that you're in Russia. Okay. They're still looking in, 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 in and around Berlin. Um, add to that. Um, there do seem to be a body of accusers that have sort of been more prominent. And, and they're people that they, they're almost giving away the fact that they were probably involved in that whole, you know, Satan worshiping stuff. But they certainly have you, you know, pinned down as bad guys. And some of these people are pretty powerful in government and, and um, they may have associations that might link them to other dangerous things. Like um, if you recall, uh, oh, I can't think of the name off the top of my head. Uh, uh, Germany, Germanische Germeinschaft. Yeah, Ernst Vogel. Yeah. Is his name showing up in the paper specifically? Uh, it does occasionally, but he's not, not a hero of any kind. They think, you know, he's like the head of the German Nazi party. Right. Uh, and uh, he would probably go about means uh, of being uh, far more uh, under, under underground trying to get at sure. you. Uh, has um, our journalist friend published anything regarding the whole matter? Is that Hilde Schlegel? That's right. You had asked her to, you told her some stuff, told her to look into some of the stuff. Um, yeah, she's published a few things that you get the distinct feeling that she has to be careful about what she says for her own safety. But one thing that she linked together possibly dangerously is Germina uh, Germeinschaft and a Russian a Russian group called Slava. Um, of course, the Slavic Association was the one in Berlin, but Slava seems to be something different, something akin to a conspiracy uh, in Russia of uh, high, high officials and stuff like that, that mm might be causing problems. There's no uh, solid evidence. 
Does Slava in Russia exist as a nonprofit or a think tank or is it a political group? Is it above ground or below? It's kind of a a bit of a myth. Nobody can pin down exactly what it is. But um it would be it might be the equivalent of the Slavic Association, something underground and occult that's going on in Russia. But whether you can pin it down to to you know actually existing or uh, that all that all raises up your hackles because you kind of wish that it was easy to pin down. If it was easy to pin down, it'd probably be harmless. Most likely, there would have been information if it's associated with Germanic Germanschaft that you might have been able to find stuff in that building or in the Slavic Association building that might have led to it. Uh, so uh, do we, uh, Petra, John, do you think you were looking at different institutions to visit? Sounds Probably. like John's is a little more esoteric than mine is. I think that maybe, uh, despite my esoteric leanings, if I'm, since I don't know my, around, my way around and I'm still studying the Cyrillic alphabet, maybe a public institution is going to have sections in French, German, English, et cetera, where I can look for the interesting public volumes. Public record, yeah. Public I can record. help you with that too, Dietrich. Okay. I can also help you, especially with translations from if there's anything in Russian that you find and cannot translate, I can do that for you. So it sounds like John is kind of going to a different institution than Petra and uh, Dieter, uh, Dietrich and, uh, and Andre. And Inkolf, what are you going to do? Um, I'm going to steal myself probably with a bit of alcohol and then try to use my typewriter to peer into the where that dream space where the orphanage is in that kind of series nested that series of nested dreams okay just to try to scout out where the hell we're going to be getting what the hell we're getting ourselves into i wonder ingolf which uh if there's any use in trying to find the, the missing number where the orphanage used to be on the street. We we have. We've gone, Basically, we've but gone I'm past there and you and I saw a kind of just this a void within toward in reality. I'm wondering if your typewriter will see it the same way. Maybe. I mean what yeah, we saw worth, it's worth considering. You know. Each time's gonna, you know, be another nosebleed, et cetera. So don't overtax it. Ingolf, do you want to do this when they've left? Or I probably want to do it while they're here. I think after the church, so, we can all go back to the rooms, freshen up, make our plans, and keep an eye on him in case he goes into seizures while he's typing. I don't really like the idea of him doing it alone. So you want to visit the libraries first and then come back and do that with Ingolf? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I misunderstand. That makes Either either before they go to the libraries or after. 
So I mean, we got up very early because our sleep was disturbed, and we went to the church quite early and found uh, Nesterov there. So it might, I'm not even sure we've had proper breakfast. So we should, I mean, we did eat something very early. Yeah. Yeah. Beer before some libraries even open. So let's do Ingolf and make sure he's rested before we head out. Okay. To make sure Ingolf is safe. Now, Ingolf specifically, are, where are you trying to look? Now that we've, so falling through that dream space into what we believe would be the orphanage, that's where I want to look. Okay. So you're trying to look into dream, uh, I almost said dream Lausanne, uh, dream, uh, <laughs> dream Leningrad. Yes. All right. So you prepare yourself, you get your typewriter ready. You find that you almost hate your typewriter because these experiences are not pleasant at all. Um, go ahead and do your roll. Twelve. Okay. You, you find yourself... Um, on a bridge the bridge is you 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 vaguely remember the bridge being something that led from one part of the city to the other there's a river flowing in it and across the bridge is the neighborhood where kalenko's uh house was the orphanage um it looks quite a bit different it doesn't seem to be uh, modern Leningrad. It seems to be St. Petersburg a um, uh, hundred years, well, not a hundred years ago, uh, seven to fifty years ago or so. Um, it's cold. And as you walk down the street towards the address, you can see in the distance where there is a building that's not there in, in regular Leningrad. It's a gray, ugly, rectangular sort of building with uh, steps going up. And uh, as you look at it, it looks like all the windows are barred. And you begin to pick up a noise, the screaming of children as you are approaching it. Um, you're maybe a hundred feet away, a little ways down the street. And you suddenly, something sort of snaps you to attention and you realize that your toes are hanging over a cliff that seems to drop down into a liquid lava lake all down below you. And the, uh, the building itself seems to be isolated on a kind of island that's floating there in front of you. Um, the landscape below is hell, and you can feel, despite the lava, you feel an icy wind blowing up, and you get the distinct feeling that something, something is approaching. And before you wake up, you hear the ringing of what sounds like distant church bells, bong, 
backbone. And there are three shadows uh, that have become aware of you and are moving up out of the abyss uh, towards your location. Uh, you're pretty sure from the silhouettes against the boiling lava that they are the three Nephrites, and you wake up. Are you all right, Dieter? What did you see? You mean Ingolf. <laughs> I did mean Ingolf. I'm sorry. Ingolf, are you okay? I think Petra is not with it at this moment. I'm not with it. It's too early. <laughs> the orphanage exists in a dream space. It looks like old St. Petersburg 50 years ago. But the orphanage itself, um, when I approached it, I nearly fell. Um, down into this massive trench or pit that was that was hell. It was like that place we found beneath the estate. The orphanage itself exists on an island in the middle of this kind of chasm of lava and fire, but it's cold. It's all bitterly cold. The windows are barred. Physically, big gray building, children screaming. It's horrible. Physically, you started out near Kolenko's earthly asylum. Is that, is that, I'm yes, looking uh, at typewritten pages, I guess, I guess as well. Yes, I began, I began on the bridge, the bridge that connects, that goes across the city where you could get to Chizenko's church on the one side and the orphanage on the other. So is it physic is is does this match physically if we left Jazenko's St. John's across the bridge to where the gap in reality is? It would be it would be the building would be there in the dream. It it is there in the dream, but it, again, the rest of the dream space around it has been torn asunder. And there's that land. The, the From, place was torn out of our reality and taken into this dream above hell and those those three things those three the the uh, the crone the young woman and the girl guard it guard the outside anyway what were those three we will meet again but it will be you one who is not skilled in the dream would have no chance of being able to even make it into the orphanage, let alone deal with whatever waits inside. In golf also, this time when you saw those three, there was something a little more familiar. I honestly, I can't remember if this has come up in our game yet or not, but you think you've seen them not in hell or dreams, but in photographs. Well, I think I've assumed up to this point, because we have the names um, Aliona, Alana, and Katia. And I assume it's the three of them. Yeah. Um, do you know who those, those people yes. are? So Kalenko's first daughter, Aliona. Right. Yeah. He's so he was married to Alana, and they are, the you, other daughter's name was Katia. You've since done some research and you've actually seen 
them. These are gross uh, nephrite versions of those three people, the daughter, the mother, and uh, the younger daughter. Mm -hmm. Yes, it seems that these, all these disappearances, I mean, the disappearances of the three men and these three women, they never really went very far. At least in some sense of that word, far. All right. So you guys begin to do some research. Um, Petra, what specifically are you looking for? Um, anything I can find on Garudin. Garudin. All right. Um, it takes you a while looking through records, but you know your period of time is pre uh, pre uh, siege of Leningrad. Mm -hmm. um, Alexander Garudin uh, was a politician uh, in in Leningrad. He seemed to have uh, gained a great deal of authority and power almost overnight. Uh, he uh, he was assisting uh, Kalenko funneling children in that direction, but it seems there were there were a lot of accusations involved, but nobody could pin anything on him. But all of his political rivals were killed or murdered during that period uh, to give him that kind of power. After the siege of Leningrad, he seems to have vanished off the face of the earth. Nobody knows yeah, what happened. A lot of those, a lot of those vanishings seem to be happening. There are two other names that show up occasionally in association with Garudin. One of them is Ivan Pagotin, mm -hmm. which I believe you already know had a lot to do with Kalenko. Yes. And the other one is a name that you haven't run across before, Yuri Ignatiev. who it seems like he might have been a big shot in the underground, in the black market, um, possibly doing just as many nefarious things. But uh, his association with the other two seems to be there as well. What was his last name? His surname? Ignatiev, I-G-N-A-T-I-E-V. His association with, with uh, Kalenko doesn't seem as solidified. I mean, the three, these three Russian men uh, were definitely in league with Kalenko, but they didn't defer to him. They seemed to be more the influencers, and Kalenko was just a flunky, you know, hmm. following orders, maybe. Uh, Yuri, uh, Yuri Ignatiev also disappeared, as did Ivan Pogodin. John, you were looking into some of the more uh, uh, esoteric things. Yep. You um, 
you get the assistance of uh, one of the people who works there as a, uh, uh, they seem to be rather scholarly. They seem to like to chit chat about bizarre little things. And, um, do you tell what, what, to what extent do you tell him what you're looking for? Uh, kind of in probably in broad strokes, almost like I don't really know what I'm looking for because I don't. Right. Um, but I'm looking for somewhere where there's an intersection between maybe mathematics, physics, geometry, and the occult. So maybe looking at sacred geometry and then working out from there, looking at ritual practices, that, that kind of thing. Okay. Well, uh, in the, he has a lot of uh, philosophical ideas and, and so forth. Um, he tells you that possibly uh, one of the more intelligent um, real people who's into the sort of esoteric magics and, and stuff like that um, is a fellow named Nigel Harcombe. He's an Englishman. Um, uh, he's pretty sure that he resides someplace here, uh, maybe not in Leningrad, but maybe Moscow. Um, but he's a very hard character to find. He, uh, he's got shadiness in his background, and he tries to be alone. But um, rumor has it that he's a fairly powerful uh, practitioner of the occult and he leans uh, he looks around in there and he leans over and he says do you know what a death magician is that uh, kind of shrug mm -hmm. so I, well, I presume it's someone who someone who does a lot of death stuff so like something chickens that kind of thing something like that um uh, if you're interested in that sort of thing, um, even then you might not be safe in finding and speaking to him. But uh, let's just say if you're not really interested in that sort of thing, we'll leave it at that. Uh, dangerous people can be quite... There's things associated with him that are not very nice. Um. Do you give him any of the details about the case you're working on? Uh, probably not, because loose lips okay. and ships and all that kind of stuff. I right. don't know. We don't know who to trust. He could be just, he could be a random guy. He could be working for a raise-eyed or lictor. We have no idea. Right. So you end up not finding out much. Um, uh, Probably the Slav Slava shows up once in a while in your things. It's it's all very shady. You know, there's no solid information that you can find on it. Um, mm. But you spend you spend some hours doing that. Uh, Dietrich, um, what you were looking into? Uh, I think uh, with with uh, Andres' help, uh, first if this library has uh, a German section. I just am always interested in what's available, what they might have that's unusual because sometimes volumes get far from their original source and end up sure. unrecognized for what they are. 
So if there's anything esoteric or exciting that I can read in the original in this library. There's, there's a, a large section of German books. Um, uh, I'd say probably nothing that you haven't already run across. Um, you do run across a very odd copy of Unash Preklick and Colton, but that's another game entirely. <laughs> um, it's the only German one that I know. Uh, but something odd happens to you. There's, there's a moment when uh, you are alone. Uh, in uh, in the stacks and you're looking through the books and something like that. And uh, a gentleman, he looks like he might be in his mid-30s, um, rather handsome-looking fellow. He comes walking down the stacks where you are and uh, glancing at the books. And uh, uh, he sees you and he says, well, looking for something interesting, are you? In German? Yeah, he'll say that in German. Uh, I'd like to read him, if I may try. Okay. Or I reply, since I am wanted, after all. Uh, 9 plus 6 is 15 plus 1 is seven, uh, 16. 16. Well, I've got a pretty good bead. Um, you ruckle up your forehead and you, you concentrate and you're trying to read him. And in that moment, uh, you almost stumble backwards because there's a kind of flash of golden light in your face. Um, and as you fall back, sort of blinking, um, the man steps forward you think at first to maybe help you, but he puts a piece of paper in your hands and he says, that might help. And when you regain your eyes, there's nobody standing there at all. But okay. you've got a piece of paper. Is that, a, is that something I would need to keep it together from? Or um, I have sure. a pretty positive impression of him, but I associate golden light with... You know, it's uh, 13 plus 2, so that's 15. That's fun. All right, what do we have here? All it says on it is um, the archives, uh, and then it gives an address, and it says uh, Church of Saints Carol and Methodius. Now that's, uh, we have help. Um, good. I'm going to uh, find the others. I think before we leave this, we should see if um, we haven't done uh, Kalenko family research. It might be worth, especially the Russian speakers, having a quick gander at that while we're here. But I'm going to pull them aside and say there are not only... I mean, we'll see the outcome of this, but I had a visitation. Uh, I had a strange man approached me and spoke to me in German and I tried to understand what he was like and all I got was a flash of golden aura and he gave me a piece of paper with this address on it. 
So, hmm. but prep things out here and find out. Interesting indeed. Hmm. All right. So you're going to look into the Kalenko family. What you find, uh, you don't find much. Um, uh, you find only the information that you've already kind of gotten that they were here, that they didn't seem to have, that they seem to somehow survive uh, the difficulties of uh, various things that happened in Russia um, and that they had a great deal of prosperity. Uh, the same things that the, the general had told you. Uh, There's Nook's sort of family trees that where we can find Kalenko cousins or anything? No, nothing like that. When people go missing, sometimes they fall back on those associations. But uh, okay. All right. Um, so there are some archives we can look at. Should we pick up Engel? Do you think he's rested up? It seemed, it seemed like this, this, this attempt didn't, didn't weigh on him as heavily as past ones did. Maybe he'll, he'd like to join us. We must keep an eye on him. He is fragile. Fragile being. And that alcohol is not good for Good for a man like me, but not a man like him. He is but a boy. A stupid boy. Not in the brain sense, but in everything else. Foolish. That is the word. Is it romantic? They can be led astray. Um, can you, uh, do you already know, Andre, where this Church of St. Carol and Methodius is? Uh, would I recognize the name? There's a lot. Yeah, I mean, you would recognize the name. Uh, but only because you're Russian. Everybody uh, in Russia knows St. Carol and Methodius. They're very popular students. I haven't been here in a long while. I, I might It'll be, be in any. To... It would be in any directory, but you've got the you've got the address. Right. It, oh yeah. It can't yeah, be that. Good. It can't be that hard to find. We have the address after all, and I can translate any street signs or whatever, and or we can. Is this far enough? Needed to get a tram or something, or can we walk there? Either or. Say that. Boy. A, few a, good walk, a good walk would, wouldn't do us too badly. Well, if we're going to gather up Ingolf, maybe we should get John as well. Go as a group once again. You can see if he's gone back at least, sure. Okay. Yeah. So we'll say that you manage over the course of the next 20 minutes or so to all get back together. I hope you're not taking that with you, Dever. Take it everywhere with You never know. You never know. I don't remember doing any good at my bookshop, but... I tried, but when long range against a handgun, it's not uh, not so good. Um, the, the note that I was given, is it in handwriting or is it typed? It's handwriting. Does it look like India ink or a ballpoint pen? Yeah, I'd probably say India ink. Is the paper nice? It it's nice paper. Yeah. Um, and the no handwriting is very legible. Does it does have a watermark? You don't see a watermark. I'm gonna put that someplace. I'm gonna fold that into a book because that's a weird artifact. 
and off we go. So you arrive at the Church of Saints Carol and Methodius. It's it's a fairly large church. Once again, there's a lot of them. Um, uh, the church seems to be dedicated to two saints uh, in all of the icons. They look like two old men uh, with uh, long beards. Um, are any of you familiar? I guess maybe Andre with the uh, Russian history. I, yes, I, I would definitely have some knowledge in Russian history as a KGB, ex-KGB. So, but you weren't very, very religious, right? So, had a religious upbringing, but okay, didn't take it any. Well, further. then, what you would probably know is Kirill and Methodius are considered the people that gave the Russians, the Slavs, a written language. That before them there was no written language for uh, Slavic languages. That's where Kyrillic comes from, Saint Kirill. Could have asked them to get the letters in the right direction. <laughs> well, they used mostly Greek, and then they had to make up some letters because the Russians have sounds that the Greeks don't have. Um, all right. So you end up at this church, and um, after some inquiries, you discovered that there is a rather extensive archives underneath the church in a basement. Um it's not restricted, so you are definitely allowed to go down there. Um, uh, nobody's going to help you. They've got things they have to do. The priest has stuff he has to do, but you're welcome to, as long as you don't steal anything, don't take anything. They seem to be rather lax with their uh, security. All right. All, the, all my visitors said was, asked if, if I was looking for something interesting. So I don't have a flavor. So you begin, you look through, you start looking at titles. So much of it is just, you know, financial records for this place and uh, old uh, history of that place. And um, you feel after a while that it, you could get lost in here forever and never find anything, you know. If I tried to see through the illusion, might it indicate what, might something leap out at me? Okay. Yeah. Or I can find out this is actually a trap surrounded by snake books. 12 plus 3, 15. Okay. Um, Not overwhelming, but You give yourself over to kind of mystical chance. You decide to sort of close your eyes and walk down the stacks that are down there until something in your mind says, you know, touch here. And what you do, you touch a book uh, that seems to be uh, an old history of Leningrad. Uh, and it's uh, myths surrounding Leningrad. And when you open it up, it opens up to a particular page. The legend concerning the Devil's Book, sometimes called the Black Tome, 
In the ninth century, around 825 AD, in the great Byzantine city of Thessalonica were born three men, triplets. They were Cyril, Methodius, and Alexander. The three looked identical, but one of the brothers had a darkness to him that his family noted was very strange. When the three were baptized as Christians, Cyril and Methodius seemed to be filled with light, but Alexander kicked and screamed and urinated in the baptismal water. Later, as they grew, Alexander refused to attend church. His family could not bear this difficulty as they were very pious. When at last Alexander could fend for himself, he was given up by his family and left to his own devices. He chose to follow a dark path. As time passed, the first two boys grew in education and intelligence. They became members of the clergy and accepted a missionary position to the Slavs. Now at that time, the Slavic people were barbarous and had no written language. Employing their God-given talents as scholars and theologians, the two good and holy brothers devised an alphabet in order to translate the holy scriptures into the language of the Slavs. They opened a school and taught many about Christianity and their gift changed the Slavic world for the better. But Alexander, in hatred and jealousy, followed a dark path, and in the darkness he was approached by the evil one, the deceiver of men. The devil taught him many dark arts of witchcraft and chicanery, and together they produced their only infernal tome, which would later be called the Black Book or Black Bible. Most of the text was incomprehensible, written in the diabolical language of demons, but some was written to mimic the language of the Slavs. From then on, it is believed that those who possessed the Black Bible could use its power and secrets to gain prosperity and fend off disaster, but only in a selfish manner. The Kalenko family was born in complete obscurity, tracing its history back to the 12th century. They were nothing lower than low, but suddenly in the 17th century, their fortunes turned. They became wealthy and powerful almost overnight, yet people did not like or trust them. No one ever believed that they had succeeded legitimately. They were not charitable, not religious. They did not respect God. Many suspected that Joseph Kalenko had made a deal with the devil. They speculated that Kalenko had discovered and used the book. Over the years between the 12th and 17th centuries, no one was left who could understand the devil's language, and people had assumed that the book was just a myth. But some of the words were supposed to be a summons to Alexander and the darkness behind him. When anyone needed a favor from the devil, they were to read aloud from the tome, even without understanding, and the devil would be made manifest. He would come and make a bargain. But evil begets evil, and each time he was summoned, he would demand a greater and greater price. At first, it would be a favor to bring a ruin on a churchman. Then it might be to cause harm to someone. Later, he might demand the sacrifice of an animal, then a servant, then a family member. Where would it end? The sacrifice of a household, a city, a country, the whole world? In the end, it all comes to folly. The devil cannot win against God. His Holy Mother herself protects all of Mother Russia, and she will always do so. Well, in gold for guarding the 
images of those three women in Kalenko's life. There seems there would seem to be some bigger connection there. The I mean the progression of sacrifices. Is does this book have a date? This book of myths of Leningrad. Um, yeah, uh, sometime probably just before the siege. Mm-hmm. Written by some esoteric scholar. Mm-hmm. Wonder if the book is extant somewhere physically. Wonder if the, if the book could lead us to Kalenko, perhaps even. I mean, if if the book is extant or if the author is still alive. Though, I mean, this was, it's an awful, I mean, being published 50 years ago. Yeah. By an older scholar, perhaps he's, I mean, between, between Stalin and the war. Yeah. 17th century. So, is the, the interest, I was interested in seeing the, the book mentioned three triplets. I, I was suspecting it to lead to three dark triplets of those three things that we keep seeming to encounter or that we need to destroy. Um, but it's interesting the two, the two brothers versus the one. We, we keep seeing patterns of three in golf. There's three of you mm-hmm. marked by Chigidiel, the three women, the three dark ones, the three brothers. You know, the three, three terrible women. boys and the three good boys that protected people yes. who were at the asylum. The rule of three. <laughs> I mean, it is what's considered quite a holy number, isn't it? Yeah, it's just all over. So what would you like to do next? The, the nice uh, keepers of this library, a, a decent tip. Well, it's not it. actually a library. It's just the archives okay. under the church. You have the right. donation to the church. <laughs> Are we taking this with us? Diabolical language. I've never heard of, of such a thing. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, the, I'm familiar with uh, with Doctor John D trying to record the language of angels and kind of Enochian magic, but I've not heard of the language of demons. Uh, to answer your question, Petra, I don't know that we need to have it. I've taken notes, and you know, they asked us nicely not to steal anything. We can come back and revisit it if we need, if need be. Doesn't seem like it's a holy object in its own right. It just was what we needed to find. So it's a pity we could have more days before the bishop comes back because I'd really like a couple of blessings on our heads that before we have to go to sleep and where we know we're being watched. 
on the note of going to sleep, I want to see if I can get a short nap in at some point mid-afternoon-ish. Okay. I have a associate with a short nap. I'm thinking, how is our condition progressing? It remains. It's mostly an annoyance now. Um, if it was progressing at all, it's progressing much slower than before. And you're able to tolerate it a little bit more than you were before, especially now that you you think that it might in some way be associated with that dream world. Yeah, I have a feeling that there are dream versions of ourselves as children within, perhaps. Because I just remember feeling very small in that room when we went there, the, when we had our first instance of dream training. So are you going to head back where research, at least at the moment, has come to an end and John wants to take a nap? Um, oh, so. John, um, you come back and you just go into your room and you uh, prepare yourself and you lie down. Uh, what would you like to do? Uh, I when I filter off into my own dream space, um, I want to use my dreamer advantage to go searching for where this uh, Nigel was it Nigel Hawthorne? Uh, Nigel Harcombe. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ni Nigel. I've got the first name at least. Okay. Yeah. Where? Um, see if I can find any information about him out there in dreams, and ideally where he might be. Okay. Um. So you fall asleep, and slowly but surely, you, you begin to manifest yourself in uh, the dream world. It does seem like it's, um, it's uh, Berlin or uh, uh, back where you were in Russia, I mean, back where you were in Germany, um, but you can move very quickly from one place to another. Um, where would you like to go? How would you like to find him? Well, that's um, <clears throat> the uh, the definition on the dreamer uh, advantage is looking for information. So I presume it's going to be a combination of looking for any path I can try and build between me and him, but I've got very little to go on. So maybe things like death, uh, death was was mentioned. So graveyards, perhaps. Okay. And yeah, just try to form some kind of uh, route by association towards info that might point to where he is. Okay. Um, go ahead and do a roll. Let's see how you do. Okay. Uh, eight plus five is 13 plus my four soul, 17. Okay. Very good. Um, you you find yourself um, traveling uh, in a manner that leads you to believe that you're moving in part through time uh, and partly backwards in time. Uh, you see an English estate, fairly large one, 
Uh, and you see a child at play. He's blonde, uh, fairly good looking, you know, for a, a, looks like he'll grow up to be a handsome young man. And he's playing the wizard. He's uh, using what, you know, is mounts to a stick and uh, using his imagination. Um, but then you see a thing. It looks like it looks like a nephrite, but not a not like a, the others. That it, it's it's some sort of male nephrite thing, uh, and it's walking towards him through the garden. And he doesn't seem to see it, but it comes close to him and he leans down and it begins whispering in his ear. And the next thing you see is you see him now as uh, like a 30-year-old. And uh, people are around him, but they're calling him Jonathan. And uh, after a few moments, you hear the last name, Westlake, Jonathan Westlake. Uh, he seems to be mumbling and having conversations with him. But uh, somebody comes up to him while he's standing there and tells him something that upsets him very much. Uh, and the next thing you see is a funeral. You see uh, him at a funeral with other people and they're crying and two coffins are being lowered into the ground. Uh, you get the impression it's his parents uh, that have died. Uh, and then you see him as an old, a bit older, maybe in his forties. And he is in the woods he has created a kind of makeshift altar uh he's bared his arms and he's bleeding and he's doing some sort of ritual and that nephrite thing is standing over to the side whispering to him and telling him how to do this ritual and he seems to be calling things up and as he's doing this three men come walking up to him and they are the three Russian men in the beginning of the story. And they seem to all know one another. But then he turns and he looks right at you and the dream stops immediately. He smiles a little bit as if he realized you were watching and it doesn't bother him. But the dream immediately stops at that point and you wake up. Okay. I think I'll fill the others in then of um, that this guy is obviously known to known to the three of uh, the three amigos. Well, that seems like uh, first of all, I was enjoying the sandwich, and you totally put me off. So thanks for that. You don't uh, eat, Dietrich. Just don't eat. Cut out the food. Just alcohol. Except you, Ingolf. No alcohol. Uh, no, why? Why? But John, you, that is interesting. 
That reminds me, though, we need to pick up more vodka on your way back because you've run out of vodka. Hot, cold, and vodka. You, you, I know, running out of vodka in, in Russia. I, I don't know it was possible. Ingolf, if I see you pick up a bottle of vodka, I will slap you. The, the point being that this, he's now going by Harkon fellow. If he was buddy-buddy with the people who infected us, then he certainly knows of their strange death and that there are some locals on the run. So we can't approach him directly at all. I mean, all he has to do is call any authority if he wants to take care of us, even if he can't wave a wand. I was thinking of seeing potentially if he could, well, based on what I first saw of him, I was thinking, oh, maybe if he is some kind of magician, he might have some kind of ability to be able to affect nephrites, which could be quite a, a handy thing to have in our arsenal, especially if those three uh, three ladies pop up again. But not now I've seen that, knowing that he, he's connected with them. That just seems a blatant, uh, blatant bad thing, TM. A giant red flag. <laughs> Hmm. But we 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 could um, go on with it in caution. We know what you know. We've seen it. We we have heard. It's Moscow, right? That's where he is. Yes, that's what it seems. Mm-hmm. We we need something. Yes, he might be involved with them or whatever, but might be useful more knowledge for us knowledge is power after all as you know, some people like to say even though a gun is just as powerful well i think we have unfi- we have business to finish here but maybe our next stop yes. there's an avenue oh that's right i mean we have three pieces of quarry it might be that he's linked to another one of them well at least we know last known whereabouts it's an inquiry we can pursue in the future I guess so are you going to do anything more today Or are you going to go to bed? Uh, I am going to buy myself vodka. I'm going to drink it in front of Ingol, and he will not get any vodka. Just cruelty. It's cruelty. Oh, Andre, I would point out that we don't want him to uh, be unable to sleep because he's suffering withdrawal. We want all of us to be sleeping soundly at the same time. Don't worry, Dietrich. I will, I will give him a little bit. Just a little bit. It's paternal side of you. Is it because you're in the homeland? <laughs> yes, it, it, it comes out. I think it might be because I am closer to my... Um, uh, yes. Yes. You hear back from the ex then, Andre? I, I have not. I takes that time. Okay. I don't have anything, I think, until we rest for the evening so at some point we'll go to bed 
And it seems that as soon as your heads hit the pillow, you suddenly find yourself at a railway station. <clears throat> You're all standing together. The train seems to just be leaving. And you realize that you are at the railway station in Leningrad. Um, but this is different. Um, half the buildings in the city seem abandoned. Um, there's a stench coming from uh, the platform uh, farther down. You can see that there looks like there are dead bodies lying on the platform. Um, as if somebody stacked them there and they look frozen. It's very cold where you are. Um, but you're all there and you're mostly aware that this is a dream. It seems very much like a dream world, but it's definitely Leningrad. It's the time, the time of the siege, I would believe. Welcome to the siege, friends. Uh, I'd like to dream us all heavier coats. Okay. We don't want to be sapped. Eight and six. So I'll take a leaf from Andre's book and arm myself. Yes, I will make sure, obviously, I am armed in dream. All right. I got 13. You, um, you move from the train station onto the main street. You know that if you follow along this road, you'll come to that neighborhood uh, where St. John's Church is and the bridge leading over to the other side. Um, what do you guys want to do? I think we should stop into the church and see if anyone's there before we go over to the orphanage. It's on our way. Okay. You come to the church, and as you're approaching the church, it alone seems less dreamlike than everything around it. I mean, it, the city is under siege. The city is dark. It's... Uh, there's a window shattered out and occasionally dead bodies frozen in the snow. But when you get to the church, it seems rather bright and, uh, and there seems to be light coming from the windows. Uh, you go inside and you can see that there are, uh, there are people. Um, it looks like wounded soldiers and civilians and they've filled the church with uh, places where people can sleep on the ground um but the people don't have features their bodies uh but there's no details to them um there's faces but the faces are mannequin like they're they're not interactive. They're just souls stuck in this uh, in this sort of siege of Leningrad. Um, and as you look over, you can see uh, Dmitry Nesterov. He's um, sitting more or less exactly where he was when you went there. 
he looks more or less exactly the way he did when you saw him uh, in the actual church, and he is painting the same icon that uh, he was painting, uh, you know, just working on it. Your work ethic is something to be admired. You you come up behind him then? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he turns around and he looks at you, and a a, a a sort of confusion runs across his face, and he says, "What? Well, you're not supposed to be here yet." Yet. Yet. What do you mean? Come yet? back when you've finished, he says, and then he turns back to his icon. So our friend, the icon painter, is more informed, at least when he's asleep, than he appears to be. Well, I hope I hope this this isn't going to play out like it did for Chizanko. I hope we're not crawling back here broken and bloody. Yeah, I can hope. Chizenko was mortal in the real world, and we are at least not in the real world. That is true. Yeah, what's a little bit of blood? True, but I mean, those three, I don't know, nephrites, I suppose, or in the real mm. world, or Chizenko either. You, um, <laughs> you leave the church and you start heading towards the bridge, uh, coming over the river. Something on the other side of the bridge, just as you're, you're about to go onto the bridge, um, engulf, something's different. It, it almost seems as if it feels larger, like there's more danger than there was before. Um, Not worse. As you all step onto the bridge and take a few steps, uh, the bridge is suddenly gone. The, uh, well, from there on, it's gone. It's as if it had crumbled away. Um, down below you, the river is made from lava. And uh, way off in the distance, uh, you can see this gray building that Ingolf described. Uh, Ingolf, from your perspective, the pit, the hole has gotten larger. And it's slowly moving and eating uh, bits of Leningrad as it grows in size. It's, ex it's expanding. It's slowly consuming this place. And you hear the bells once again, like giant church bells. And in the same moment that you realize that where you're standing on the bridge, you obviously can't go any farther forward on the bridge. But when you turn around to look back, the three Nephrites are back towards the base of the bridge. And they're moving in your direction, blocking your path. What do you guys do? I would like to give myself a pair of angelic-like wings. <laughs> we have the same idea. <laughs> you can try. 
That's a 12. John, how did you do? Yep, I'll roll. Just gonna say I'll wait for uh, oh. Uh also twelve. Yeah. Eight plus four. How about the rest of you? What are you guys are trying to do? So I can't manifest um out of nothing. It's not within my ability, but um I can make changes to the weather. Could I make like a thick fog roll in? I have a feeling they'll probably see us anyway, but just you know. Some kind of cover, maybe. You can try. That's just 11. Andre, what are you going to try? Well, I have my weapon. I I might try and copy what Petra is doing, try to conceal using the weapon. Okay. Interesting. Uh. No, but that is nine. <laughs> okay. And Dietrich, what are you gonna do? Um, I. Uh, can I roll control bladder? <laughs> I guess let's keep it together. Um. Yeah, I think a fog is not enough. I'd like to make a wall between us and them using the bits of bridge that are physically extant. It's right there. Okay. And I rolled a natural 17. So I've got some effect. All right. So Ingolf and and, uh, John, you sort of halfway manifest uh, pinions on on your back that uh, let you uh, they don't look big enough to actually allow you to fly uh, but they uh, they they kind of manifest themselves um, Petra um, it it doesn't really get foggy maybe the wind blows a little bit um uh, Andre, you you didn't you failed, and Dietrich, um, you got a seventeen. Uh, there is a gawoof sort of sound, and uh, uh, at first you think a wall appears between you and the nephrites, but in fact a wall appears going all the way around you, and in fact over your head. It's like you're suddenly in a a hall of some sort, a grand hall. Uh, there are marble floors and there are archways. There doesn't seem to be any way in or out. Uh, there are no windows or doors. And mm-hmm. an instant later, the three nephrites move through the wall as if they're kind of ghosts. And uh, they are moving towards you inexorably, slowly, not not particularly fast, but uh, they, mean, they mean to move. What were their names when they lived? Sounds of barking now. They are their names were. I have them written down. Aliona, Alana, and Katia. Yeah, I'll call out to them with their human names. Okay. Um. 
as they're moving towards you uh, and they seem to be picking up speed, when you say their names, um, they suddenly stop dead in their tracks. And uh, the little girl says, who are you? How do you know our names? We are uh, travelers who were also intended victims of Kalenko. Victims like you were. They, um, they begin to move apart, uh, almost as in that sort of feeling like they're going to try to surround you, although it's not quite as easy as it might seem. And uh, Aliona says, we are Chiquidil's servants. You are his enemies. This domain belongs to the one of his, to one of the three incarnates, one of those you freed from the three innocents. Uh, uh, those were uh, th the three children saved before the portal closed and who grew into men. They thought they had, had escaped him. They did not understand what resides within them. And they began moving towards you all again. Well, I want to use my, my advantage of divine to command them to stop. Go ahead. Ooh, that is a 15. Um, your a, a kind of light shines out of your hand, and they stop uh, once again. And uh, uh, one of them says, you cannot stop us. We are commanded by Chiquidio to destroy you. It is our purpose. Um, but they, for the moment, they're, they've stopped in their tracks. What do you want to do? Okay, well, I'm, I'm stopping them. Anybody else want to do? Oops, we can't hear you now. So. Sorry. I thought I'd push the button. Um, is it time to forcefully drag our lictor friend into our dream to help us the fuck out here? I don't know. No, that's what I'm asking the others. <laughs> oh, do something. <laughs> I was just going to call on Bina's name. Yeah, I would welcome a physical presence. Okay, give, give me the lick to forcefully drag uh, drag him into the dream. And shoot. <laughs> Are you going to shoot, Andre? I don't think it's a good idea, but I'm going to shoot. I will shoot with my violence. Let's hang on. Oh, oh my yep. God, I realize that I've got like three million different weapons advantages that I have to apply if I shoot. Without, you don't have to bother because okay, if you cool. do shoot, no matter what advantage you have, you can see the bullets hit them and it just you know knocks little holes in them and they just stand there unmoved. Um, go ahead, John. You were going to try to summon. Yeah, I'm on our friendly priest. Can I assist uh, with that since I'm also a dreamer? Sure. Uh, yeah, there is the help hinder mechanic. So yeah, you, you'd roll soul and see whether I get a bonus or minus depending on how well you do. Soul. I rolled a 17 plus my free soul. That's 20. Okay, so that will 
be, I think that's gives me a plus two. Yeah, you may modify the subsequent roll by plus two. So I rolled eight and seven, so 15 plus my four soul takes me to 19, plus the two takes me to 21. Wow. <laughs> come here, Lictor. Come on, boy. Come on. Yes, yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, your, <laughs> your voices seem to reflect off of the walls of this chamber that you're in. Uh, they echo loudly, powerfully. Um, they reverberate. And the, uh, the nephrites, uh, sort of, they seem affected by backing away a little bit. Uh, but they still hold their ground. Why are you here? This, this, this is Chigidiel's place. And I am marked by Chigidiel. Do I not have a right to be here? You are marked for destruction. And one we'll of them starts to move first. towards you. I want to turn them into a snail. Um, you can try. I want to try. <laughs> I don't think an 11 is going to cut it. Okay. It, nothing happens. Uh, and it, it begins moving towards you. It's like, Why? Why are you attempting this? Why are you here? Why would you come into Chigidio's place where we, we sent, destroy you? We are sent here by Bina. Um, it, they stop again in their tracks. They're like, why? Because our realm requires protection. Chigidio can remain here, but our realm is not to be taken at this time. But why have you come into his realm? Not they telling. Take, they take steps forward towards you. Should we wake up now, friends? Anybody wake up? Feel like we should. <laughs> yeah, no probably. Manifest some red slippers, click them together. Yeah. Well, we need a tin mana scarecrow. <laughs> um, you can all try keeping it together. Oh, Jesus Christ. 18. <laughs> 16. So, same here, 18. 17. We are keeping okay. it together. I don't know about Dietrich. We cannot hear him in the void. 19. Um, so you're all keeping it together. Power of friendship. <laughs> what Zuckidiel doesn't have. <laughs> the, little, the little girl steps forward again, and she's like, tell us. Tell us your purpose. Tell us your plans. Little, little, little one, we're here to save. No. Don't lie to her in golf. We're here to destroy the orphanage the way it should have been destroyed before. All three of them suddenly take a step backwards when you say that. Um, the matron, the mother, she steps forward and she says, Kalenko was my husband. He forced me. He forced me 
to bring the children into the orphanage, to trap them so that Chigidio can use their powers. Would you release them? Yes. This place holds all those who did not escape before the portal closed. Their dreams are held captive here. You can let them go free, but do not dismiss our words. We are bound to try and stop you. But we are not. We hate Chigidio. Seize the moment when it arrives. And uh, they all three raise their hands, kind of Frankenstein-ish. And they say, now we must hinder you. That is our task. Prepare yourselves. And they start moving forward, but you can see they're moving forward ridiculously slowly. Okay, it's time to... Time to go. It's time to transform out of nothing and create a bridge so we can get over to the orphanage. Go ahead. Twelve. Well, you managed... You managed to blast the wall open in that direction. That's a start. We'll take some of that matter. Yeah, I couldn't last forever. Eight. <laughs> one into the bell curve, two the other. Um, one of them says, oh, well, I, I, I'm very tempted to do this very funny, but it's not funny. Um, uh, they begin feeding you this information. If, uh, oh no, if you release the children, Chigidiel's power will be weakened. And cannot allow this. <laughs> we cannot allow this. And they <laughs> take a couple steps towards you. But they're obviously... Right, Our hearts yeah, are in it. Go. You know, let's, like, let's go. Let's go again. I'm, I'm trying to create this bridge. Oh, if if you've made a hole in the wall, I'll try and follow up afterwards and build it through the wall. Okay, go ahead and try. Uh, slightly better, fourteen. Okay, the bricks start to form themselves together and make a bridge over towards the uh, towards the orphanage. Um, uh, one of them says something to the extent of um, we would not be able to fulfill our inexorable plunge towards you if we were destroyed and they keep moving okay so <laughs> trying creating something out of nothing um i'm trying to think of a way to destroy them because the bullets didn't really cut it um 
Perhaps if there were a hole in the floor and they fell into the lava, it would be destroyed. I'll try it between us and them. A great gap in the floor. That's okay. That's well, no, that's only 11. Well, the gap appears and they seem to be floating as they're yeah. walking. Yeah. So they're not really touching the ground. They kind of floated um, up out of the lava to begin with, after all. Uh, whatever I, you do, don't. Uh, bludgeon us or oh, i was uh, i was thinking about crushing them yeah i was trying to think of something like a like an iron like or the building itself that's around <laughs> yeah all right so. go ahead that's better that is a 16 all right uh you begin to crumble the building and the big sudden giant chunks come falling from the the floor uh, the ceiling and uh one of them crushes the little girl like this. And the others look and they say, oh, no. You know? <laughs> I'll say that with, with your concerted effort, all of you together, you managed to destroy the nephrites. You crush them. Um, for which probably they are eternally grateful. And uh, you've built a bridge going across to Kalenko's uh, orphanage in Dream Leningrad. And that's where we'll call it for today. So now you can do your upkeep. All right. Uh, free the children is still on everyone's agenda then, because we have not done that. Well, we have, well, we have tried. But, well, that depends on whether, whether Tom says we can you cash it in or not. Well, you haven't actually tried to free them. You don't know what you're up against trying to free them. Okay. So I'll have that. All right. The questions. Have we discovered anything new about the truth? Yeah, the, the story, the, the triplets, all the of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That servants of Chigadel can be bound to him, but but defiant. That's Quite important. Down, but sad about it, yeah. And, and death magicians exist. Yeah, death magicians. And we know who one of them is. Mm -hmm. Have we learned anything new about our characters? That these are marks of destruction? Well, it kind of highlights us as enemies of Chigadiel. I've learned that my cat just hates microphone cords sometimes. And it's very... <laughs> yeah, but learning something about your cat isn't. <laughs> you don't know what, what kind of entity my cat might be. She is a calico. Um, we challenged ourselves. Oh, well, on this section, I guess, sorry, I had to dip away for a second. I think going up against three pretty, what were, what we thought were pretty powerful, terrible nephrites was pretty challenging. Yeah, I'd say so. Mm -hmm. I mean, we didn't have a lot of choice in facing them, but we did face them, and we tried a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, Once so, again, go ahead. Oh, I was just moving on, so if you had something to say. if uh, So the secondary hooks, 
Um, Andre and I did seek information on Garudin. And I had those, uh, and I certainly studied Kalenkos. Yeah, and Ingolf, you did the the dream that yep. look I, at things with your. I snooped a little bit. Uh, did you do yours, John? I went looking for information on time and space uh, rituals, but I found okay. found a death magician instead. But at least I tried it. <laughs> so everyone needs another dramatic hook. Yes. Um, what about? This uh, Nigel person, Nigel. Now known as John Jonathan Westlake. Nigel Harcone. Find Nigel Harcone. Yeah, we yeah. probably have to res- we have to research the character Jonathan Westlake, who is now going by right. Harcone. Again, I can try and spy on it, spy on him in dreams, even if he does know we're coming. I think some people should investigate more into this. This Russian group, the Slava. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is probably a good thing for me. That's a yeah, that's a good the thing, Slava. Andre. Absolutely. So John, you'll look into the follow Nigel in your dreams. Perhaps Diedrich, being a rare book dealer in your past life, could look into the into this devil's book mm. some more. Yeah, well, yeah, I kind of feel like we got the black book story, but there might might appear in other locations or with other characteristics or link us to other people except the except Kalenko. So yeah, I think black book is not unreasonable. Okay. And I can do more of just like the stand. Is there anything more? we could glean about Nigel Harcone via like standard research, or is that really going to be like a go confront him in Moscow situation? So I can do like traditional research, like work on some of these people. I think some, because he's got two names and might have more, it might be good to know about his history and stuff. That's true. Like where, where did Nigel end and Jonathan begin? And yeah, yeah. there was any kind of, I think there's real world stuff to learn about him and because he's going to be very dangerous for us to interact with since he knows about us. Right. What about young Ingolf? I don't think kicking the vodka habit is a worthy um, secondary dramatic hook. And why? He has to set it's up it's not that book. big a deal. It's fine. Just as I was I don't when, have a problem. As I was in Germany, I am looking out for you. <laughs> Once you started getting crazier, I have to look out for you. Because yeah, you know, don't want Andre, to maybe up. my secondary objective should be how to get Andre to stop pointing <laughs> guns at himself, huh? You, how would you like uh, that? Uh, well, you know, it is what it is, but I don't want you to end up like me, a, a fool. An ex um an ex fool. Well, not an ex <laughs> I meant an ex-KGB fool. That's what I meant, not an ex fool. Your, your dramatic hook should be develop alcoholism just to spite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I should, de- right, I should there... invent my own cocktail. <laughs> From the devil's book insert, is there anything that you could delve deeper into? There's. The... What about death magic? Yeah, death magic. You learn death magic. I, yeah, that, that's, that works for me. Use your insight to find where the book is. Learn more death magic. <laughs> about. I should learn about death magic. That's what I was told to do. Learn death magic. Learn death magic. Learn about. 
this is like the scene, the scene in Harry Potter where it's just like, tell me about Horcruxes, and he's just like, this is for strictly academic purposes, right? right? <laughs> of course, right? Yes. Of course. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Wink. Yes. Yeah, if you, if you, you search for it and say, <laughs> you search for it, but also add asking for a friend, it's okay. That's right. Like King Golf could ask me for research purposes how to make vodka. I said I need I need to look into the death magic. No evil. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think that's it though. <laughs> yes. So I think for me it's still you've got to finish up with Piotr. You've got to let those right. kids out. Yeah, free the children is still the dramatic hook. I thought you'd never tell them what you were going to do. It's it's very likely that you wouldn't tell them, but right. Let's well, say if you tell them that that's what you're going to do, then they're like, "Oh, um, I'm coming to get you. <laughs> I'm coming to get you, Bob." You mean you, mean you can? I was going to say we're freeing the children, and you can't stop us. And then maybe they're going to say like, "Oh no!" We'll point <laughs> you where the. Don't go in that direction. Where? <laughs> oh no, they're going in that direction, and then they're going to kill us. We'll very Set of dreams recently. Morgan and I have exact opposite approach to the same problem. Yeah, but managed to slip and slide out of the way. <laughs> Doom. Is that everything then? Truth. Yep. Lie. Yeah. Our players included, my missing notes, where are they? There they are. Our players included Matthew Sanderson, David Gasway, Holly Buto, Morgan Llewellyn, and Josh Harwood. Yours truly as the game master. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members. You can set up private games. You can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows, free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar two a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answer any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the strange and terrifying world of cults, divinity, lost. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.